This is Garden Variety, a horticulture podcast from Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. I'm Charity Nebbe. Pumpkins are enjoying their annual moment in the spotlight, but the pumpkin is just one of the many varieties of squash that make this a wonderful and delicious time of year. Iowa State University Extension Horticulture Specialist Dan Phileas is here today to tell us what kinds of squash we should grow next year or maybe what kinds we should pick up this weekend at the farmer's market. Hello, Dan. Hi, Charity. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. And all right, we've got our summer squashes and our winter squashes. But of course, all of our winter squashes are grown in the summer months, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is just a a squash that has been allowed to mature so that the rind hardens. And and of course, it's bred for different characteristics. So it's going to have that nice sweet flesh. Um, But yeah, it's uh, they're also grown in the summer, as you say. All right. And so this is harvest season, and it's also the season where a lot of people are putting squash into storage. Some of it needs to be eaten right away. But let's talk about your favorite varieties to grow. What do you love? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's You know, I was putting down, jotting down a list here right before we went on air because I uh, there's so many, and it's hard to, you know, once the seed catalog comes out, it, I just, I go wild. But on the short list, uh, Delicata is definitely there. And this is one that, you know, there are some named varieties out there, but uh, just an open pollinated Delicata uh, squash is is one of the most flavorful. And it's one also that where the, where the rind is so thin and delicate, hence the name, uh, that you can pretty much eat the skin on this thing as well. I, I, I just, you know, I don't go for that necessarily. I don't try to do that, but I don't worry if I'm my spoon as I'm spooning it out. Uh, if it goes through the, the rind on that one. Right. So uh, it makes it a, a little a little one. easier to prepare than some of the other uh, kinds of squash that have that harder rind. Certainly. Certainly does. Yeah. Um, other ones that I really like, you know, I um, I really like acorn squash and Tabel is a really good one that is a large uh, acorn. Seems to produce year in, year out. You mentioned, you know, some of these we don't want to store as long. And those two that I just uh, talked about, Delicata and acorn, those are ones that uh, acorn definitely don't cure that one. Don't wait. Don't sit on that one. Just eat it as soon as you get it out of the out of the garden. And the delicata, very similar. Um, it tastes best when there's a little orange. This is one that is uh, a yellow with green stripes. And once those uh, green stripes start to turn orange, is when it's at the peak of flavor. Um, in addition to that, I really I really like uh, all of them. Butternuts are are delicious. Uh, the kabocha or buttercup squash, those are really good. I, I like those in a soup uh, particularly because sometimes they have a drier flesh, but it's extra sweet and it really makes a nice soup when it's blended with some stock um, or cream or something like that. All right. And the, the butternuts, uh, those store really well, right? Oh my gosh, butternuts and kabochas store very, very well, and uh, I just I keep them in my basement. Um, you know, if they're in a, if you have the space to spread them in a single layer, they'll store better. Um, but I, I honestly don't have the space for that, so I have mine in a in a in a box. Um, you know, two or three high, and the butternuts and kabochas store into the early, um, into you know, late winter, early spring. All right. So, have you already harvested and, and set them all up, or are you in the process of curing? Oh, definitely have harvested them. Yeah, they um, 
And, and, and the curing process really uh, starts to happen in the field. You don't necessarily need to, you know, start the clock on that as soon as you cut them from the vine and, uh, and, and, and start the storage process. If, if conditions have been dry and they've been mature, then they, they may have cured in the field. So I, uh, I, yes, I, I got mine in from the field before we had those, uh, those frosts, um, in the last month. So, because Really, that latest one that we had, what was that, early last week yeah. where it was... Um, very cold. You know, very cold. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, that, that was, that would have been detrimental for any squash. And I know a lot of farmers were scrambling to get a lot of crops out of the field at that time. So let's talk just a little bit more about the curing process because, uh, you know, a lot of people do harvest these from their gardens and set them on the counter and, and let them sit yeah. for a long time. How, how do you know when it has cured properly so that you can put it into storage. Sure. sure. So um, the generally speaking, a couple weeks at a warmer, you know, at a warmer temperature, um, higher humidity is what does great for these, uh, these things and uh, is is good. But as you say, what are the signs that I can see, uh, you know, rather than just setting a timer uh, for it? It's really the color on the on the on the skin of these things. Like a butternut should not have any green tinges. It should be a nice buff color to it. Um, the kabochas they they were you know depending on the variety. There's gray. There's green. There's uh, reddish ones. Um, it's 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 that really brilliant color that just looks attractive. And you know if you want to play it safe, then give it a week or two. Um, <clears throat> to before you start to eat it after you bring it in, but usually um, if you're bringing it in in early October, it's and you planted it at an at a at a time of of year like late late May early June. Typically, you're pretty good with these things, but uh, it's it's appearance and um, and uh, that that's a good one to go with. All right, and let's talk a little bit about pumpkins. A lot of pumpkins, of course, are grown basically for their looks and, and used mm-hmm. just for their looks this time of year. But there are some dual purpose pumpkins out there. Do you have a variety you like to grow? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and this term pumpkin is so funny because we have uh, these ornamental ones that are all sorts of different colors, green, white, yellow, and and flat stacker ones, as opposed to the, the classic orange pumpkin uh, that is, uh, you know, or a small pumpkin that is called a pie pumpkin. And if you're looking for a small quote unquote pie pumpkin, that's orange, that has a nice decorative look to it. I really like winter luxury. It's a small orange one, but it has like a, a white cast to the kind of like almost like a netted rind, like a cantaloupe. If you imagine like a white pattern like that over the orange background, it's really gorgeous and also delicious. All right. So it can be um, decorative and also delicious. How great is that? Yeah. I know, seriously, and a lot of the uh, those flat stacker types, the um, which are from the species cucurbit. Excuse me, <laughs> um, it's it's the maxima is the species name, and this is the ones with the soft stem. They're just like kabochas and buttercups, um, and you know they they will be very tasty. And this is like um, the Cinderella pumpkins, uh, the ones that have like a peanut looking like wartiness on the outside. Those are delicious, also. And there's one that's called a Long Island cheese that has the same color as a butternut. It's it's very similar to a butternut, but it's just in bread to be like a flat, round, pumpkin-looking one rather than an elongated butternut shape. And that one is very, very tasty as right. well. And of course, one of the, the big secrets about our love affair with pumpkin is that a lot of the pumpkin that we eat this time of year and into the holiday season yes. is actually not pumpkin at all, but 
squash, different varieties of squash. Yeah, so. exactly. It's actually a hybrid that looks a lot like a, a butternut, in fact, out in the field. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about growing um, squash. I know it's something a lot of people in Iowa have a lot of success with. What are some of the pitfalls to watch out for? Sure. Um, so uh, they, these plants like a lot of sun. They like a lot of water. They're big plants with big leaves that lo- can lose a lot of water throughout the year. So, you know, just like every other vegetable crop that um, that we talk about, a lot of water is is necessary for growing these. And that was difficult this year to come by naturally. Um, but aside from that, let's say you have all uh, the water, you've got the sunlight Planting these things, um, some people buy transplants, some people direct seed, and I've done both, and they both succeed. The one thing to watch out for if you're transplanting is that these crops have very sensitive root systems and can um, they can really get uh, set back quite a bit if you are if you say don't have ideal planting conditions. You hold them in the tray, and they get really leggy or yellow, start to yellow, and then you pull them out and you break up their roots. Not great. So. Direct seeding is actually very, very reliable as long as the soil is good and warm to get them jumped out of the ground. Um, on the uh, on another front, there's the, the the insect pests and cucumber beetles and squash bugs are and squash vine borers are the three that most people have problems with. Cucumber beetles eat the baby plants when they first emerge in the um, in the spring, so. Covering those with a frost fabric or insect barrier is a very reliable way to um, get your plants established so that they get to a size that the cucumber beetles don't bother them if they do eat a little bit. But then they get bigger and the squash vine borer comes. And that is one that a lot of home gardeners have a problem with because Mm -hmm. um, more so than a commercial grower, because if a squash vine borer eats uh, into one or two of your plants in your garden, that might be all of them. But at a commercial scale, that's, say, you know, less than 5%. So uh, it's much more noticeable in a home scale. And covering is also effective for them. If you were to keep your plants covered until they flower, um, that would get you halfway through, more than halfway through, uh, and past the danger. Um, and then that would you uncover to allow the pollinators in for the flowers. All right. So you're you're um, a big fan of the physical barrier method. <laughs> I really, yeah, I really am. You know, my background was as an organic grower, and so that's that is basically what I'm, what I have used mostly. But there are some systemic uh, insecticides that people use that um, that can effectively, uh, you know, treat for the cucumber beetles and the squash vine borer and the um, squash bugs to some extent. Uh, but uh, not not organic approved ones. But right. I, I do, yeah. Agri- Agribond, Covertan, these are varieties or uh, brand names for this product. And this year or this time of year, a lot of us interact with pumpkins and um, whether we've grown them or whether we're buying them. And And one of the things that can happen to pumpkins actually affects the stem, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. This is a disease um, that... You know, you might go to the store and you might see some pumpkins with nice green handles or um, to the farmer's market, nice green handles. Or you might see others in other places with a withered brown sort of brittle looking handle. Um, And the handle is the stem. But, uh, you know, obviously we we hold them a lot of times by this. But uh, um, (laughs) the uh, the brown withered uh, brittle stem is is a symptom of likely powdery mildew that was out in the field. And this was a very uh, very light 
intensity year for powdery mildew. We didn't see a lot of it in the in the heart of the summer or at normal time. It really came late, so people were able to harvest before then, before it was an impact. And so we've got some pretty good handles out there this year. But right. I I do still see it here from uh, in place to place. And if you're growing pumpkins to eat, the handle is not really very important, right? No, 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 no. Some people some people really have an affinity for like the certain like look of it of it decoratively right, speaking. Right. But uh, yeah, it, it, it functionally. It's not a problem. Dan Phileas, Iowa State University Extension Horticulture Specialist. For more gardening information and tips, please subscribe to our Garden Variety Newsletter. You can find out more at iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Garden Variety is a production of Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension. It's produced by me, Aaron Style, Caitlin Troutman, and the Iowa Public Radio talk show team. For more garden goodness, please subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. Just go to iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. See you next time.